You're now tuned in to the Cooler Talk Sports Podcast, hosted by your favorite bench warmers, Jeremy Odina and Tucson Brown, bringing analysis from the Gatorade Cooler straight to your ears. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cooler Talk. You are now here for our Peyton Manning and Sasha Vujicic episode. You guessed it, that means number 18. Today, we have Tucson actually in the studio in Dorchester with us. What's yes, up? Yes, sir. What's up, guys? Good to be in the studio. Feels nice not to do this over the phone. Feels much better doing it in person. It's like very professional, I feel like. That uh, oh, yeah. very professional. No, no, not that far, but yeah. Mm-hmm. This, this is good. Yeah, that's good. I'm not used to being in the studio, so I don't know how close I, I should be to my mic. Don't worry right. about it. We'll figure it out. So today we are talking about our Christmas games. I know it was a few days past, but we tried to record. And of course, as usual, we had te- technical difficulties. And that's the reason why we haven't done this in a long time, because, you know, it's the Christmas season and I have no clue how to fix things in here when they go wrong, because there's a lot of people who use the studio. I'm not the only one. So we apologize for that. Now, you know, a month later, but whatever. <laughs> better late than never. True. Better late is better. So, yeah. So later on, we have... Uh, the NFL, we're going to talk about some NFL stuff, and I had a prediction earlier this year, I remember, stating so eloquently, very, very eloquently, and it actually came true, but we're going to talk about that later, we will get to it now. So for starters, we're going to talk about the Knicks and the Celtics game. Knicks and Celtics, 12pm game, the Celtics pulled it out, and my guy Derrick Rose looked very, very good. As Rose floats it keys Today we watch happen for their teams. Rose got another! With the soft touch. Well, that's Derrick Rose, but he's at his finest close. Front court for the Knicks off the bench as Rose spins it in. Looked good in, in, in all four quarters of, of that of that of that contest. He did. He did. Nearly 30 points led the game, led the team in scoring. Mm-hmm. We take those, but as usual, like I said, I wanted to take an L, and they did. What, was, what do you think was the key to, the, to those games? Key to the games was ball movement. That's what the Celtics do much better than the Knicks. They move the ball around. They get a lot of assists. I think they're the second leading team in assists behind the Warriors uh, this season. And if you just watch the if you watch the two teams play each other, it's just two different types of ball. I mean, two different types of basketball philosophies. Like one's ISO heavy with the Knicks, and the other one is like really fluid motion uh, type ball movement, setting screens, getting open, a lot of motion offense, and just you know that that ball just whips around the perimeter so fast. If you've ever played basketball. They always say you can get the ball to a place by passing it faster than you can to dribbling it there. So I just think that's a, that's a huge key for any team. If you if you really look at the great teams, especially nowadays, it's, it's not like we're not in the ISO era like we used to be back in like you know when they had T Mac, Iverson, Kobe, and stuff like that. Like ball movement is so key and just d- defense as well. And I think Celtics do both better than the Knicks, so that's why they won. That's actually pretty damn true because when you look at the numbers, you have the Knicks with 11 assists in that game, and it sells with 25. And like you said, like that was definitely the key to that game because they came down. I think like later on, you can see like in the the third quarter, the Knicks were really really pressing, mm. and Carmelo started getting it going a little bit. And you know when Carmelo gets it going, the ball's not moving. But it's, <laughs> it's a it's a beauty to watch. It's a good thing mm-hmm. to watch. But at the same time, it's it it hurts the Knicks. It holds them back. We have your point guard who's not necessarily the best. Create. He's a good creator, but his strong point is not. He's looking to score. Yeah, he's looking to score. His strong point is not uh, passing the ball off and and try to make other people better. And then you have Porzingis, 
who can do it all. He can honestly do it all. He might be overall their best player right now. Yeah. And um, I think they have to really start feeding him primarily in order to get their team going because if you're starting off with, like, Derrick Rose can give you 20, Carmelo can give you 20 to 30, and when you start that way, it's hard to get everybody else involved to get them started because, like I said, you know that, that when the ball goes to them, it's usually going to stick. Trade Melo what? What'd you say? Uh, oh, th- I think that was translation. <laughs> what, what language were you speaking? Uh, yeah, I mean, because what you're saying is like that's not gonna happen while Melo's there. I don't think Melo's gonna is ready to take a back seat just yet. At his, I mean, he's still a great player, but I'm not sure if he's ready to take a back seat to a soft, you know, a sophomore player. Don't Porzingis is great. Like when when um when Kevin Durant called him a unicorn, he was pretty much spot on i mean honestly this dude's like dirk plus athleticism plus defense like stuff you just never see in a a seven footer really it's really rare so uh, he's definitely the future of the franchise i think honestly for it'd be in both their best interests the knicks and mellows i mean as stupid as he may be and not realize it to not be in new york and actually maybe try to win something besides a gold medal so no, you're right, because I mean, think about the reaction that people gave when Porzingis was drafted, too. With the fourth pick in the 2015 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Kristaps Porzingis from Leopaya, Latvia. They drafted who? Who the f*** is this? Like, right. they were clowning the like. I don't know. Obviously, you didn't see Twitter, but like, Twitter was like, it was so many memes that night. Like being made, it was hilarious. <laughs> like, based off of just the Knicks' history with draft picks that mm. have been terrible, mm. and just based off where they were doing, you know, that, you know, in the last couple of years as far as record wise, yeah. they were they were awful. And when they drafted Porzingis, there was a lot of backlash, and and it turns out they probably have the best pick of that entire of that entire draft. You know, mm, I I, th- I think it would be great for honestly both teams because then you could boost the bench and get a good amount, a handful of good role players back, which I think the Knicks definitely need is depth because their bench is kind of lacking. And then Melo gets to go to probably a better team that could actually compete for a championship. And then you could really build around Porzingis and Derrick Rose, which could be, you know, Derrick Rose could be rejuvenated or he could be coming back. We never know. And we'll see how his knees hold up for a full season or whatnot. So I think it would be great for both teams, but, you know, for both ends. But it's probably not going to happen. That's pretty spot on because earlier in the season, I remember the first game of the season watching the Knicks. I couldn't name anybody on the bench besides Brennan Jennings. I still can't really. <laughs> you have Kyle Quinn, and like the rest is nobodies after that. And they. Sasha Vujicic, the person who opened the show. Right? Vujicic. I'm not even sure if Vujicic is like. <laughs> Does he even get minutes? Like, I don't, I don't know. Shaq doesn't know who Shasta Ruicic is, and he played for him. They, they, play, they together. play together. They play together. Like, that's 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 un, unreasonable. He's like, who? <laughs> who is Shasta Ruicic? No, he's a person. He exists. He's a <laughs> But, yeah, I think, like you said, there's definitely in best, best interest of both players, of both parties. And, like you said, it's not going to happen. Have you, been, have you been watching a lot of Isaiah Thomas this year? Isaiah Thomas looks great. Yeah. 26 a game, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty I good. I was skeptical about, like, if he could be Boston's star, but 
kind of looks like Boston star. Yeah, like, like, don't get me wrong. I think he has to, like, he can definitely be our leader, but I think if he's our best player. No, he can't be the best player. He can't but be the best player. He can be our leader. He can absolutely be our leader. He's like second fine. best. Yeah, he can be second best. I'll give him second. Like, if he, if he plays him next to maybe, like, a Paul George. Like, I remember us talking about this before. Like, a Paul George maybe or, like, uh, somebody who's a little bit, maybe a tier Jimmy, higher. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Even a tier higher than that. Like, that would be really, really good for the team, obviously. And I think we can really make, a like, a finals push even. Yeah, he's honestly... I'm impressed. I didn't expect this much from him. Like I thought, I, I, I never expected this much from him. Twenty six points a game is a lot. That's a lot. I mean, he's when he came in the game in, in, out of Washington, he was averaging like twenty a game coming to the to the Kings, and I thought that was maybe just he's on a bad team. He's balling, but yeah. he's still obviously really really good. Like if you can score, even if you're a bad player, um, even if you're like on a bad team and you're a good player and you score, like scoring, scoring. Yeah. Not every not every like NBA player is going to be able to score on a bad team, mm-hmm. and the fact that he's actually still putting up twenty was impressive. But mm-hmm. I think that if you put him next to somebody who can also play defense, because like, like you can't you can't play a boss if you can't play defense. No, you, you know, so we can't have like uh we, we can't have like a James Harden and expect to be at the play, maybe play at the same exact level. No, no, we would be good, obviously. James Harden is great, but I don't think that would. Yeah. I don't think that gives over to Hunt versus Cleveland. Boston definitely has some moves going for. I don't know really how they're going to do this because Avery Bradley is kind of looking almost like a, a a minor star. I don't really know how to say. Very good complimentary it. player. Exactly, and yeah. then Jay Crowder is also really good complimentary. Is is going to be interesting? Like who are they going to like let go to like get there? Like to really pursue who they need. But it should be interesting. The future is looking pretty good though. It is. I, I, we take those. I don't think we can get rid of Avery, Avery Bradley. I can get rid of Marcus Smart and Jay Crowder. You don't and, see any potential for Marcus Smart. No, I think he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Like he's like those two are two of our best, better defenders. Like you have Avery Bradley, obviously, I think is number one. Clearly, yeah. and then you have Marcus Smart, who who can guard post post players as well. as Jay Crowder, good sides, but he doesn't put any pressure on the on the defense. As soon he as he touches the ball, he's, he's jacking threes. Yeah, he really looks really confused on offense. Um, sometimes he looks great. Like not no, great's too much. It's <laughs> too far. Sometimes he looks good and competent. It's weird. Like he has these days where he just kind of like stares by stands by the arc and doesn't put any pressure on, on the defense and jacks up some three and shoots like twenty eight percent from the three or something like some bad. And then there's days where he'll get involved in the pick and roll and drive to the basket. So it's really like I, I just feel like he has to get his offensive confidence. I don't think he's got it this year, especially since he started off injured. Like maybe next year, I, I'd give him like to like maybe like see if he can have it in him. But um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's tough, really, to say. I say I would give up those two players because I think their stock's pretty high right now. At least, especially Marcus Smart because he's he's putting up the points a little bit better in in this this year going mm, around. And yeah. I think that we can get a few pieces out of that because people know people know he's a great defender at this point. Yeah, as well as Jay Crowder, and we you know we've really just really displayed their strong point so i think that maybe we can get some get some value out of them agree but on to the next game that the, the game that obviously we all want to talk about here Woo. is the Cavs and the warriors it was it was honestly like sparks flying as soon as that game started yeah and very close until the end i honestly thought the warriors had it locked up but kyrie Irving happened honestly like i i hate that man. uncle drew uncle drew is nasty how do you hate kyrie He's so smooth because uh, he plays for the Cavs who have lebron james and i don't like lebron james so guess I and you gotta like Kyrie though. He's really good. Honestly. Kyrie he's is good. one of the smoothest players, and I don't think I've ever seen anyone finish better under the rack, like under the basket. Like he's the best under the basket finisher. Like he has so many different yeah, angles, different. Uh, yeah, like it's like a made up. Like I've never seen someone finish so well 
under the back, under the rim. Like it's weird. Like I, like he's like he butter rolling. I don't know how. He, he yeah, it's top of the like backboard corner, left corner, like and just switching hands butter and rolling. doing all this other stuff. Yeah, I don't know. He's he nah. He's his uncle Drew, bro. Like, I, and he always out. He always arises to each occasion. Like he always outplays Curry. Seriously, like every did it again. Curry played like trash, honestly. And I think he takes that really personally. I don't Absolutely. know what's up with your boy Curry. Well, actually, that's not your boy. That's but. not my boy. But I, I can tell you what's up here. <laughs> I think that like obviously that that uh, Uncle Drew, your man Kyrie Irving, takes that matchup like as he like as a Steph Curry's always hailed as the best point guard in the league, and Kyrie Irving obviously feels like at the same position is going to have something to say about that. Yeah. And when they get matched up, it's like. I know you can't touch me, so like you obviously they both of them really can't play great defense. But I think Kyrie Irving is obviously a little bit more capable on defense. On defense he's defense. he's showing a little more right exactly. Now. So he so I think that he's really stepping up and locking him up. And Kyrie Irving is so smooth with the basketball. Number one, Steph Curry is, is just, just never been anything to speak of on defense. So he's gonna give it to him every time. So and and then it was gets so bad that even in late games, uh, they have to sit Curry because he. He's just a liability. Mm. On they, he doesn't. He wasn't in the last defensive play. Exactly. He was on the yeah. bench. I mean, what they is... have better defenders come off the bench yeah. with uh, uh, Andre Godala and they have Draymond Green, of course, and and, um, and Clay Thompson. Like those guys are good wing defenders. And Kevin mm-hmm. Durant, even, and you know, he he puts an effort. Yeah. But KD had a great game, and they still lost. So it's interesting to see. Like, do do you, moving forward, do do you think that the Warriors can beat the Cavs, a healthy Cavs team? Yeah, I think finals. so. You I think, think that I, I really do still think so because, like LeBron, I mean, like he had a good game, but I think thirty-one points, thirteen rebounds, something like that. Yeah, he was, he was pretty great. That guy, LeBron, that LeBron guy. So what we thought with the, the size, the lacking size down low with the Warriors, that that came true. Oh, but big time. I think that at, at certain like think, let's think about this as well. Like the Cavs were at home, and that's gonna that's going to. You know, tip the odds a little bit, but they only lost like what, what one point, two points. They did, but they didn't have J.R. Smith. Right. That also, yeah. Okay, they didn't have J.R. Smith. That's that's, that's a, big. That's, that's a piece, but I don't think that's like two points. Come on, J.R. Smith's like twelve point score, stretches the floor, and is a pretty good competent defender. I don't think that if he plays, they like they're just gonna swing the game like ten points. Like that's not maybe not happen. ten, but I think it swings a little. It swings it definitely it's in the Cavs' like direction. I don't think. If, if Kyrie Irving doesn't make one, that was a really difficult shot. He it made. was, but it's Kyrie. Okay, it's Kyrie. <laughs> <laughs> it was MJ. You, know? <laughs> you want? No, uh, I, I honestly feel like the Warriors had that locked up pretty pretty late into the game, and Kyrie kind of just happened. Like some, like it's always like the Cavs like end up taking it from the Warriors somehow mm. or another, like late in games. Here comes Irving, drives on Thompson. Irving spins, puts up the shot. It's good. Kyrie Irving with three point four remaining. Something I noticed, and I, I I saw also like they talked about undisputed. That I, I didn't I didn't think about it until I, I watched the game. I, I kind of noticed it, but undisputed. Like I was watching Skip Bayless' show, and they touched on it. I think the reason why Kyrie can do so much damage against the against the Warriors is is just the matchups. Like just period. Because Clay, who's their best perimeter uh, perimeter defender in the Warriors? Probably. Clay or Draymond, but perimeter though, perimeter wise. I mean, I guess Draymond, yeah, but but they're not gonna put Draymond on Kyrie. No, so it's Clay Thompson. But you can't put Clay Thompson on him all game, or Clay won't score and he'll right. be tired out. Yeah. But on the flip side, you could put Shumpert. They put Liggins, yeah. and they could put all these players on Curry, 
And Kyrie can just do whatever he wants on offense yeah. and then come on defense once in a while when he wants to. Because you, you can't put Curry on him and you can't put Clay on him all the whole time. So that's the, I think that's the biggest that besides the fact that they also don't have someone in their paint to you know really protect the rim from LeBron. I think that's the two things. So that's why both those guys always you know expose the Warriors. There's a, it's a bad. It's actually a really bad matchup for them at yeah. this point. When you, when you say it like that, it actually makes a lot of sense because you have to have bodies like yeah. people who just who specifically you know are going to play defense and Shepard yeah. does that. Mm. You know, that that's one of his strong He's a three and D kind of guy. Mm. And I don't like you said the Warriors don't have anybody like that when yeah. you think about it. Who like you have players like like you said like Clay who who can obviously one of the best offensive scorers. If they put him on somebody as explosive as Kyrie, he's gonna be done by by the third quarter. Yeah, he'll be tired. And that's what and then that's literally what happened. You got you got you know it's not you can't you can't you got to find someone to, to defend him. You can't take Iguodala because he's got to defend LeBron. So and I don't think Iguodala is. Curry, no, Kyrie, either. No, at least a, way too quick. That's a tough point. matchup yeah. for for most for anybody really. But then you have like a six seven guy who's like who's bigger. It's gonna he's a little bit too fast for him. Yeah, so they don't have that person that could actually. I mean, Clay could, but he couldn't do it all. Or you you're not you're you're gonna not expect you can't expect too much from him offensively, and that also will hurt you. Sean Livingston said something about that early. I mean, remember watching like a you know how they. They have like a one of the announcers or something like that talk to one of the players, players like a little quick interview, or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was saying like, "What's the difference between this year and last year's team?" He was just saying that the starting five is a little bit better this year, and and like they're very top heavy. And mm-hmm. then once they get these, like last year, our bench was you know a lot better. Yeah, there's really good. Uh, people off the bench that, that could that could step in and, and play on offensively and mm-hmm. defensively as well. So that's you know it's obvious. Like Sean Livingston obviously hit around really, the head. Yeah, a lot of them. You so know, when they gave up, they, when they got KD, they gave up a lot. A ton. I mean, also, I, I really do feel like they're also in their head, too. I think that the psychologically, because you come back, four, they're, they're down 14 nothing to a great offensive team. Usually you should be able to put that away if you're the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, LeBron's kind of – and then, you know, KD was great all game, and then he just did it. the end of the game. There was Got no tripped. One. Yeah, he did get tripped. He did get <laughs> tripped, but I don't think they're going to call that. No, they're not. That's tough. It's, it's a, that's a, that's very an automatic close. two points. Yeah, that's a on, very at the, close call. Three seconds. Yeah. It's not like you tripped them on purpose. So. No, it's like, but they they've got to the point where they just as soon as like foot to foot contact happens, they just call it. Yeah, automatically. I mean, you could call that like second quarter, like two minutes left or something like that. But, but you're but, not gonna call that three seconds left. No, anything. no, that's that's very you incident, a, incidental contact foul. Yeah, three seconds left. No, pretty ballsy call for a rep to make. Exactly, it'll be a wrap for you. So, George Carl. Oh boy, he's been he's been making some news. He's got mm-hmm. this book coming. I'm not even gonna give it any any um any promotion, but yeah, <laughs> he's got some some. He's got, he's got a book. There's some some pages thrown together, you know, whatever. Uh, he's been talking a lot of smack about Carmelo as well as uh, Kenyon Martin. You guys know about that by now, hopefully. You know about the whole father's comment, and then he got on Damian Lillard. This wasn't even in the book to make it even worse. He was just being interviewed for some quick newspaper. I guess he's promoting. Uh, the um the book through the newspaper or whatever and what an old man that's what I'm saying promoting a book through I, a newspaper I guess he was just doing like a quick interview <laughs> <laughs> it's it's ancient the, media uh, it's definitely not the uh, the most efficient way of promoting your your book <laughs> through a newspaper <laughs> through a newspaper promoting <laughs> a book through a newspaper <laughs> I mean well he is like seventy something yeah, right? yeah I guess I guess yeah. he thought that was the most efficient way to do it anyway <laughs> so he, he was talking and then he, he got on Damon Lillard he said the reason why the the Blazers are having so much trouble is because too much focus on Damian Lillard so what does that even mean 
I think he just hates superstars. I mean, that's what the book seems to say, and that's what every other superstar seems to say about him. He just hates superstars. But you need a super... I don't know. I think he just wants attention at this point, because I think the backlash of his book... Or maybe this is good. Maybe, like, you know, he's going with the whole thing. Like, you know, there's no such thing as bad media or bad attention. So he's just like, if I'm going to be the bad guy, I'm just going to be the bad guy all around. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to get attention by just saying the most outlandish whatever, whatever, just to draw some attention to myself. And it seems to be working at this point because we are talking about someone that's not coaching or analyzing sports anymore. So it's kind of working. It just... I was happy though that the uh, the coach of the Blazers came to his defense, like Damian Lillard's defense, like you know I think he needs to worry about whatever the hell George Carl needs to worry about, which whatever is that is, but that doesn't even make any sense. Like focus on what do you mean focus on? I don't I don't get. It. I mean the reason why the Blazers aren't doing good is because their defense is trash. And, I mean and also I, I think they kind of overachieved. Like think about who was playing with for them last year. It was just McCollum and who came out of nowhere, not out of nowhere, but he finally, you know, he's, he's stepping up, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have Lillard. And other than that, like, Crab was okay. Alan Crab, like, that guy is going to be a role player, you know? Yeah, he's a good he's role a really player. He's a really good role player. He's like, really he was a star in college. Don't get me wrong, college, he's really good. I remember watching him a lot. But other than that, it's like, like, are you serious? Like, you're really, like, counting on this guy, you know, to, to carry the boat for you? No. In, in the West, like, it's going to be pretty tough. No. But it, it's... It is really perplexing. Like I'm, tr- like you said, I think he's honestly at this point he's he's just milking it. Like he knows. Yeah, he's talking. milking it. And like think about it. Like I don't know if you guys know this, but a lot of people have come out talk about how bad they hated George Carl. Ray Allen came out and talked about it. Uh, J.R. Smith, Carmelo, obviously Kenyon. This was uh, Carmelo before this comment ever, ever happened. Mm-hmm. So it like they've this has been known that they don't like him. So did Gary Payton or Sean Kemp ever say anything? No, they didn't. They okay. like at least what I've seen. There was another guy. Who came out and I can't remember his name right now off the top of my head, but um, yeah, so, like every star who's who's ever played with him does not like him, and I think at this point he is he's just throwing everything to the wind, and he knows at this point he has sealed his fate, and he's like accepted, he's accepted that he is never going to coach ever again because mm, like yeah, he will never get a job. <laughs> he's not getting a job. No way. So, yeah, I think he understands that and he accepts it, but hey, I think he, I think his last stop. And Sacramento really, really soured him. And he had something to say also about DeMarcus Cousins. He said that DeMarcus Cousins was lazy. He was out of shape. And he had to he had to call fatigue timeouts all the time for him. And lastly, he said he was the rudest person he's ever met. And now... I can see all those. I can see all those. Those are probably right. He might he might be telling the truth on that one. Now, here's one thing. I always felt like DeMarcus Cousins was out of shape. Like, he's... He he's looks kind of fat. He... <laughs> he's a big man. He's a big guy. Don't get me wrong. Like he's obviously muscular. Like yeah. he's a basketball player. But to me, to say he's in NBA shape, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's that's asinine. So you know, I, like the one thing that I actually think he's actually telling the truth on is the fact that he's just in terrible shape. Now, could I see him like as being the rudest person he ever met? I don't think he's only like that because he hated him. So he just possibly he, he just was being. An idiot to him all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Whenever he walked in the room, probably saying acknowledge him, just call it like scrapping plays in the middle of the other game or something like that. Like, I, I mean, I can see Darius Cousins doing that specifically, specifically because he doesn't respect George Carl. I mean, I don't think, but then I don't, I, I don't a lot of defend George Carl here, but it's 
I could definitely see like Demarius Cousin being really hard to coach. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, he always has been. But... <laughs> so I mean, I can... no, I'm agreeing with you. But I, I can see him like honestly just being really hard to coach, even harder to coach, just because he said he's the rudest person he's ever met, like ever. <laughs> like that. I mean, I can see him doing like bringing his the rudeness to another level, specifically because of Carl. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I don't wanna... No, there's nothing to the... No, we're on the same page. We're saying the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, nah, thing. I, I feel you, I feel you. It's just, I see what you're saying, but... Yeah. Mm. I, I hope... I hope he, I hope Boogie leaves Sacramento. I'll leave it at that, actually. Hey, I think a lot of people hold, feel that same exact way. So, speaking of coaches being fired and never wanting to coach again, we have... <laughs> I think it does, though. We're going we're gonna to move on to the NFL and Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan actually said this might be his... If Buffalo will be his last Oh, yeah, he stop. did say that. He did. So, Rex Ryan gets fired, and we have one more game left in the season. That's, like, that's like a pretty bold move to do. That means, like, we, we really didn't want you here anymore. And, yeah. you know, I'm kind of I'm shocked that they, that they let him go this early, but I can see why they did it. Now, we, we have a disagreement on this, and I want to hear your side first before I rebuttal. Okay. I just – I feel like it doesn't make any sense to fire someone – They, I mean, yes, before he got there, their defense was better. But at the same time, they had a worse record. So each year they're improving. And, yes, they didn't make the playoffs this year. But that's not necessarily – that. sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just don't make the playoffs, like – and eventually you do. Like, you have to keep going through increments. Like, not everyone's just going to turn around the team, like, you know, 360. Like, I think you should give things some time. You It, it, it shows that, especially in NFL, when you keep switching coaches, you know, two two years is not enough to me. You keep switching coaches, you don't, you know, you don't go anywhere. It's like the same thing with the, Brown, the Browns. Like, they don't go anywhere because they're always switching a coach. They never get any stability. You know, this is, quarterbacks are learning a new playbook every Every year or something like that. I, I don't I don't think it's good. It's not like they weren't terrible. Like I said, they're not terrible. They were in every game they ever played. They lost some really close ones. You know, they were in the hunt to to go in the playoffs. It wasn't like they were out of it. They're gonna finish probably eight and eight. So that's not a bad season. That's not a bad enough season to get you fired. And Rex Ryan's showed that he's a pretty good coach. Like he's been consistent. Yes. The downfall of the Jets was pretty ugly. I don't know what happened there. But Honestly, the rise of the Jets was pretty good, too, because they were pretty bad before he got there. I'm not ready to say that Rex Ryan's not a good coach. Okay, that's fair, but I don't agree. Okay. So, number one, the Jets made the playoffs his first two seasons there. They went 9-7, 11-5. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know they went 11-5. Like, that's pretty damn good. So, and then after that, you know, two straight AFC championship games, and, you know, he has his, his cushion, and he's a great shade, and, you know, people love him in, in New York. And then he proceeds to go. Eight and eight, six and ten. You're gonna bust the play here, and then oh, no. Ennis, Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Eight and eight. Then in 2014, they had the four and twelve season, and then last year with the Bills, eight and eight, and now seven and eight, and that's gonna be it. And you're gonna tell me like like this guy's like a, an established coach. And I think that, honestly, like, there had to be something about the culture that they didn't like. Because, like you said, it's two years, but I can see why, like, like as soon as you, you, you hire a guy like Rex Ryan who's established, who's, you know, had some success, you expect immediate results. Considering that they had their first year, you know, to get all the kinks out and whatnot. 
And, you know, they have LaShawn McCoy healthy, relatively healthy for most of the season. And then you have Tyrod Taylor, your hand-picked quarterback. Like, this is, this is a guy you, you anointed as a quarterback. And then they, they come, he comes in there with an established defense who is playing better this, year, this season, but they could have been better. I think that maybe it's time to move on. Maybe he's just not he's just not head coach material. Maybe he's better off as defensive coordinator. Honestly. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I just feel like you're moving on too fast. Like, you need stability. Can you, I don't, I don't, I just, I feel like two years is not enough to really know. But, yeah. I no, think. no coach really, like, I mean, there's a, there's a few where it's like, yeah, two years, all right, things are all better. It's not like the Bills are like a great work, great organization before you got <laughs> no, there and he like ruined them. bad for Ex- a while. Exactly. Now they're mediocre. So if anything, that's a step up. I don't think they like. They couldn't have liked the culture. There had to be something there. Well, I would say one thing though. I do know that his players love him. They do. Because I watched the, which is a great game, the Bills Miami game uh, a couple weeks ago, and they were playing. Because you could tell he was coaching for his job. So and they and if they won the game, they were still in the playoffs. At least the playoff hunt. And everyone was fired up when they like tied the game and blah blah blah. Like they were playing, they were overtime. Like everyone's fired up and trying to get him, you know, trying to get their coach. And that shows that at least they like playing for him and they're willing to put on the line for him, which is good. I mean, you know, that's honestly usually that's half the battle, really. I just feel like just give him just give him at least one more year. I think you know, three's the magic number. So yeah, I think that's fair. But at the same time, I feel I feel like I expect more from Rex Ryan. Considering the team structure, I feel like that team structure was perfect for him. Like, like it was. You know, it, like I expected more, a lot faster. I thought this year was honestly going to be the year. Like, I felt like there was nothing that was going to hold him back from not being like a ten and six, eleven and five team. Like, what, what was holding him back? Like, was there something else that they needed? Like, that they could fit time more coaching structure or what? Like, what was it? Time. They need more time. time. They need more time. They need one more season. Okay. Maybe we'll never know now. Well, we? we won't. We honestly <laughs> won't. You'll probably be news ca- like you know an announcer. I, I just now. I like to give people a chance. Like I I think I see it a lot in the NBA too. Like where coaches so oh, well they're not they didn't win fifty games this season. Let's fire him. Like <laughs> dog, what do you mean? Like what? all right, <laughs> <laughs> it just happens all the time. Like I mean, some people get too much time as we saw with Jeff Fisher. Oh yeah, that that doesn't make any sense. Like honestly, all right. Or like Lovey, oh, say Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith. Okay, now we put it like this: the fact that Jeff Fisher was allowed to coach as many years as he was—that I don't know how that happened. Someone <laughs> fell asleep. Someone <laughs> fell asleep at the helm on that one. That has to do with knowing the right people, because that doesn't make any sense. I think it was funny that he got an extension and was fired the next day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like that is. Yeah. That was like <laughs> what they did with Donovan McNabb, when they gave him that like that that long extension in in, in Washington, and then they just got rid of him Traded after him. the season. Was Whoa. Like, yeah. You got man, it. I don't know, man. I just, I just, I, I'd like to see a little more time. Special football coaching is very important, and so is stability. So a lot of these, a lot of these teams that are really bad are bad because they're unstable. Right. They keep changing people. Team Raiders, changing, Bra- pieces. Bra- well, Raiders are finally good now. Browns are like the perfect example. They change. They have a new coach every year. They have a new quarterback next season, probably. They have a new quarterback every year. So yeah. So there's not only uh, one person out. There's a whole team out of the playoffs as well who happens to be the Super Bowl champions. Does. Here at Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And this was the team I was talking about who I so eloquently stated would miss the playoffs this season. And it just so happens that they're out. And uh, I'm going to tell you why. All right. I'm going to tell you why. I, yeah, okay. I want to hear it. <laughs> score the ball, like I said, oh, from Jump okay. Street. Their defense has been great all season. And they went 
two and five in your last seven games, and at that point, like they had a, tr- a tough stretch. Don't get me wrong, they had a tough can, stretch. Can we can we can we can we say that some of that could be attributed to CJ Anderson being out for the rest of the season because they're pretty good. Before they were good enough to manage the ball with him before he went out, and that's when it, the season really went to a crashing halt. I think CJ Anderson would have helped, but I don't think that they go and make the playoffs with them. I don't, I don't think there's anywhere. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Two and five, that's pretty bad over your last seven games. For such a dominant defense, like... Mm, they they couldn't only, score, like they, you said. Yeah, they, could, they could only carry so long. And so they couldn't far. control the ball without the running games. So. Like, like like I said, they had a tough stretch. They faced New England. They faced the Raiders. Kansas City. They faced Kansas City. That's twice. a tough game. Also, Tennessee. Lost to Tennessee. And Tennessee is no, is no joke. So, They're not a bad team. You know, and they just got their, their quarterback knocked out for the season and possibly even to training camp. So, you know... I don't know. I, I I called it, but I just had to throw it out there throughout the playoffs. Fair enough. In the toughest division, in, in, one of the toughest divisions of football, if not the toughest. Second, probably, right now. Mm-hmm. So? No, nah, no, nah, that's fair enough. I mean, I, I think I will say this, like, I mean, like, as badly as Peyton Manning was, it looked like he was throwing with two friggin', I don't even know what those flippers for arms <laughs> last, like, it was like he was throwing with friggin' bird wings. It was, it was as bad as he was, like, last year, I mean, we 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 forget how much of like the brain that he had to at least manage games and put them in at least a spot to give him a chance to get three points maybe or something like that. Like like we we maybe I think maybe I took it for granted how smart he was at managing games and just knowing when and when not to do it. I don't, I don't, Simeon is probably Simeon's not there actually. So I mean we give credit where credit's due. Like Payman and played trash and was trash, but something about <laughs> something about him I'm gonna give credit where credit's due. It <laughs> <laughs> was, but but he did something. He did something. He was playing with I don't know, that that legendary type something like he had the secret stuff. Yeah, like, the secret stuff from Space Jam or something. Like, something you just have when you're a legend, a Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest of all time, that you can there. still do it. Even though you're terrible. Like, it's like you're you're running on fumes. And I guess the fumes were enough when you, the fumes are legendary. I think the thing is with him, he didn't put himself in a position where he was going to get exposed. Now, like, obviously, he, he knew his arm strength wasn't there. He did a few so, times. He, I mean, like, <laughs> that, that, can, that Kansas City game was really ugly. <laughs> you have to feel it eventually. But I think once the, like, the playoffs hit, like, towards a lot of part of the season, like, yeah, he, he kind of knew, like, okay, we should probably just be throwing, like, five-yard outs. And, like, yeah. you know, like, he did just enough to be the pass. Don't I mean, try to, exactly. Don't two try touchdowns. That's all he needed is, all right, we're going to hold this one on. Don't back shoulder fades. Like, no. don't, <laughs> you know, so I think at, at one point or another, when – the, the problem with a lot of star athletes is that they don't know when, when they're done. And I think he kind of understood it and was like, you know, from here on out, I have to kind of. He knew when to scale back, exactly. scale it back. Let, let, let's, like, he also had full control of that offense. Like, he's Peyton Manning. No so gunslinging. He, is that he knows, like, don't call uh, this go route to Manuel Sandler, Sanders. He's going to be wildly underthrown. So, no. You know? This is a dead duck. Dead <laughs> duck, exactly. It was like <laughs> duck hunting out there. It was, it was ugly watching. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> I don't know either. But on to, the, uh, to the arrivals for the last, what, what five years? Of Ever since Peyton Manning got there. Pretty yeah, much. pretty much. The Patriots. The Patriots look like they have probably their, their easiest, their clearest road straight into the playoffs. They're going to walk to the Super Bowl. Like, yeah. Essentially, like... They might roll into it. <laughs> they're going to, like... Might wake up in the Super Bowl. They may exactly, <laughs> wake up, and, and all of a sudden, it's Patriot... 
It's uh, super, sorry, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and they're facing maybe the Seahawks, maybe whoever else. So they might wake up in a parade. <laughs> like, really? Like, this is really easy. Exactly. I don't even like the Patriots, but I know this is probably a championship year. Yes, and it's it's sad, kind of sad to watch. The only teams who are going to be formidable because of injuries are going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. At least in that conference. In that conference. That's the only team, like... Those are team, two teams you have to get through, and one of them is going to probably beat each other, so they don't have to really worry about one. So, the Patriots look like they, they have a pretty uh, easy uh, schedule going into the playoffs because, number one, did, did, did the Tennessee Titans win that division? Hmm? Did they win the division? No. They didn't? It's Houston. Houston did. That's right. That's a sh- Team too. <laughs> they are, they are <laughs> bad. You have Tom Savage at court. Tom Son, Savage. This is just funny that they're like winning their division. Like, nah, we need a different quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the one, even though we're like three games ahead in the win That's column. Like Rex Grossman, what they did to Rex Grossman. In, uh, uh, yo, oh, no. They were talking is... about like, oh. You guys need a like, quarterback? I remember that. Larry Smith was like, we're. <laughs> <laughs> this is when their conference, like, and the people with news were like, are you guys going to switch your quarterback in the Super Bowl? And Larry Smith was like, nah, we're going to keep him. Like, we got this far with him. Like, you know what? Usually when you're like going to be a Super Bowl, you don't get asked, like, are you going to make a decision to like switch your quarterback? <laughs> we got quarterback change. Who are they going to switch to? Because probably somebody bad. I'm trying to figure that out. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Oh, man. No, like, it's the same as that situation with, with Houston. Like, they, they win their division, and all of a sudden they're like, yeah, it's it's, it's time to make a quarterback. You're bad. To make a random. They paid a lot of money for that guy. A lot of money. Like, and they are, they are showing, like, no signs of, like, uh, he's showing no signs of getting better. He has a really good, like, offensive talent around him, too. Like, two good DeAndre wide receivers. Hopkins? He couldn't get to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get the ball. <laughs> Ryan Horner got to DeAndre Hopkins. You couldn't get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins? What's wrong with you? I just don't understand how you can't get it to such a good talent like that. Like, you have people like Lamar Miller, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, was it Will Sneed, like, mm-hmm. good players around you and, like, a really good defense. I don't understand it. And, and I don't know. So I mean, the silver lining in this, so Clowney is looking like, you know, He's looking good. He's looking pretty good. He's looking yeah. pretty good. But like, oh, let's get back to the topic. Yeah. I don't think – can anyone beat the Pats this year? If anybody's going to do it, it's going to be – it's not going to be the, the Steelers. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. No, you're not going to give Antonio Brown any credit for this. It's going – I think – Or Ben Rossenberg. Come on. Let, don't disrespect. Co- the, don't disrespect the these player. two. These are two Hall of Fame players player. probably. Don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger are great players. But I think – Le'Veon Bell's their best player, and he's going to be the one to carry. To carry him. I don't know. AB's pretty damn good. You don't think Le'Veon Bell's their best player? AB's. I mean, like you act like AB and our Hall of Fame quarterback. You act like I'm like like whoa. This is like no. Like you act like Le'Veon Bell's on the Texans. No. No. He's he's he's, he's, he's with a best. Hall of Fame top five quarterback. Okay. And the best wide receiver in the league, and you're like, whoa, I can't believe you're like, – no, this is arguable. Don't, no, don't act like this arguable. is not arguable. I think it's pretty clear cut. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I disagree. I think this is pretty – either way, can so you think that maybe the Steelers – I think the Steelers would be – they would have to honestly outscore because I don't know – No, their defense is – It's not good it's enough very to, suspect. To, to hold up against the Patriots. And with Kansas City, Kansas City, they, here's their problem. Like, they, they run the ball – well, and they, they make good, uh, you know, intermediate plays and short plays and, and all that. And Travis Kelsey looks really good right now. But 
I just don't know. Like, I don't know if they can, at the end of the day, keep up the Patriots. They would have to, like, do something that they did back in 2014 where Tom Brady looked like he was done. Remember that Monday Night Football? Oh, when they smacked him. Yeah. They would have to do something like that. Like, <laughs> they had to really jump on him really, really fast it would defensively and, and make sure that they're not – the Patriots come up the gate scoring 14-0, you know, in the, fourth, in the first quarter. I give, actually, the Kansas City the best chance to do it. Because I don't, I don't, I don't believe in outscoring the Patriots. I've never seen anyone beat the Patriots by outscoring. Yeah, them. it never happens. You, you, the way you beat the Patriots is you hit Tom Brady early and often, mm-hmm. all the late as much as you can. You hit the man. Like that's what happened last year. Tom Brady was so afraid because he was getting hit so much that I seen him do things I'd never seen him do. He was like pump faking, throwing it into the ground. Like I was like, whoa. He's like he was pump faking when no one was there on his back. Like he was that scared, yeah. like someone's around him. And that's what the that's why the Giants beat him twice with the, their past. The their Broncos past. last year. Yeah. He said the, the Broncos beat him, and um, and that's why the um Giants. That's why the Giants beat them twice in the Super Bowl. You you gotta have to beat him by hitting him. And the, the Chiefs do have a defense that can sack the quarterback. So. It's gonna be anyone. It's at least in this conference, it's gonna be them. Like I, I think like the Seahawks have the best chance in the NFC. Other than that, like who really is out there that can honestly challenge the Patriots? Do you believe in the Cowboys? The Cowboys would be that'd be a really good. T- I, I believe in them. I'm a. I'm It'd a be believer a fun in that. game to watch. That'd be a great game. And with with the fact that they haven't lost what since they lost to the Giants once, like twice. Lost the Giants twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, the only team that beat them so far this season is the Giants. It's like. Maybe the Giants. Maybe the Giants. Come possibly. do another Giants thing. They they can maybe the Giants can be the Giants one time. Yeah. Again. <laughs> again. Once again. <laughs> Who knows? Time. Like the Patriots just honestly look really, really good this this year. Uh, At the end of the day, they're gonna walk into the and practically walk into a Super Bowl. Yeah. I think is I think it speaks to how bad the NFL's been this season. And I love the NFL, but it's been pretty watered down. Like it hasn't been as competitive as usual. I don't know. It's just not. It's just not that great this year. Yeah, uh, there's not that many great teams. I think just the rest of. The, I think they're just like it's the Patriots against like a pretty crappy NFL league, like you know, league right now. I, I don't. I don't really. I think that's why, you know, you see these like, the, like see how it is. I, I just. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see them. I think they're just gonna win the Super Bowl. <laughs> It's that easy, simple as that. Now I think, yeah, like you said, like the, the NFL has been pretty watered down. A lot of people have been injured this year. Like Adrian, like the, one of the biggest stars, Adrian Peterson, has been out all season. And a lot of point, stars retired too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Like in, in the beast mode, in the past episode, couple episodes, I said Calvin like, Johnson. Yeah, a lot of the biggest stars are, are, are retiring or they're getting older, or they're having down years. Like they're having down years. Aaron Rodgers finally picked it back up. He's having he was having a down year for most of the season. Cam Newton's having. Terrible year. Yeah, I think they were trying to push him as the face of the league pretty soon too. I think he, I mean, I think there's a few things that happened with him. I think he, I think he focused too much on being the face of the league and not actually like playing football. Mm-hmm. So he's like stopped practicing and thought he had it down. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just it feels like this is like the Pats Super Bowl to lose. Like it is like there's only they can only lose it. Like this is so easy. Like they, they've they've had harder times. They they're gonna win it. I think it's pretty obvious. It's not really fair, but it is what it is. Life ain't fair. That's true. All right, guys. Thank you for for coming out and uh, listening to us. Finally back. Happy holidays. Happy New Year's. Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, All that good stuff. Happy Boxing Day. Happy Boxing Day. Happy, um, have a great uh, um, Hanukkah. Great Hanukkah. And enjoy your New Year's. Enjoy, because I will. I definitely will. 
uh, we're going to get out of here, folks. Um, thank you for coming in finally, you know, to the studio and being here in person. You're welcome. Yes. I try. All right. I mean, I was here, so. Uh, we'll be coming back soon, hopefully, one of these days. But even if we don't, until then, we're out of here. Peace. Peace. Break it down.